3: Hello and welcome to season three of the Beer Ladies Podcast, everybody. Um, I, for one, am thrilled to be back into well, what is the beginning now of our well-known rhythm of recording and editing and publishing fun content. And it's been it's been a summer off. Um, We've all had a break. We've had some beers. We've been to some festivals. We'll talk about that in a minute. But. We're back, guys. We're back. It's season three of the Beer Ladies podcast, and thank you so much for joining us. Um, today, we are talking about ciders and perries, which is a little bit of a random one considering neither of these are beers, but you know what? It's beer adjacent, and you drink them kind of like beer, so we thought we'd try them. Plus, what better to end summer off you know, with than just a lovely cider or a peri and um, so that's that's what we're doing today we're going to do just a bit of a high level what is a cider how do you make them you know where do they come from and and um how do we like to enjoy them and you can you guys can tell us in the comments and over twitter and whatnot how you like your ciders or whether in fact you do at all okay friends so before we do ciders let's quickly do a reminders a reminder of all of our socials and our things we've got you know all the admin to get out of the way so we are on all the socials mostly on twitter and instagram you can find us at beer ladies pod that's our handle across both which is great and on youtube you can find us um youtube.com forward slash beer ladies podcast and we have two ways in which you can help support the podcast because you know, things like uh, podcasts cost money. So, any help is good. And the first one is you could buy some awesome merch. So, Katie and I are wearing, and for those who are watching videos, we're wearing some merch today. I've got a light hoodie, and Katie's got a t shirt with our logo on it. And um, so, you guys can come and uh, buy some merch, look cool, coolest kid in school, and all of that. Or you can uh, buy us a coffee which is really a beer, let's be real. And it's at um, buymeacoffee.com forward slash beerladiespod. But we've got a link tree now, actually, which you can find on any of our social profiles. And that will give you all the links to all of our different places. So whether it's our spread shop, where the merch is, or whether it's Buy Me a Coffee, or whether it is Spotify and Apple and all the different podcatchers, you can go and find and uh, see us on all the places through one handy link. Right, Edwin not the way.
2: I don't know how you remembered all that. I was like, Mm-mm. oh my God, Tandy, I hope you know this because I've forgotten <laughs> it all. I'm so out of practice
3: at this. I have... Oh. Same. I think we're all a bit out of practice with this you know what but I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like riding a bicycle and you just have to you just have to get on and and get through it and you'll hopefully not fall so you know dear listeners just you know don't laugh too hard if we're a bit rusty (laughs) this is what taking the summer off does well speaking of summer Katie how about you tell us what you're drinking and give us a bit of a, a glance at your summer how was it tell us everything
2: Okay, well, I'll start with what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a Longville House Cider. Mm. You can see that I'm holding up the bottle. It is a medium dry artisan cider made on their 500 acre family farm in the Blackwater Valley County Cork. There you go. They have been there since 1720, the Callahan family, Uh, made with 100% fresh apples from their
3: farm. That's wonderful.
2: And yeah, medium dry. I don't really like my ciders very dry. There weren't that many sweet ciders in the shop when I uh, went looking because obviously I left it to the last minute because I was on my holidays until yesterday. I only flew back yesterday. Uh, oh, my goodness. And uh, it's nice. It's nice. I've been sipping up it during the intro. So my summer was Fidelity. I think we were all at Fidelity, right? That was Indeed. a good beer festival. It was hot. Oh, my God. It was hot. But we survived. Tandy had her fan going. We had to go outside for many, many breaks. The beer was lovely. I really liked um, the Wylam ale that they had was really, really interesting. I think that was one of my favorites from it. Um, but it was really, really well organized. Shout out to everyone at Whiplash who did a great job organizing that. And then uh, I also did Stravaganza on the train, which was amazing. We had a beautiful day, lovely table. Cheers to Charlotte, who got the earlier train just so she could get the get the table for all the people uh, who came
3: later. You well know, played. And you and Lisa on the way down um, decided that we should all actually be on TikTok as well. So watch out, everybody. We're on TikTok, too. <laughs>
2: Yeah. All she did was like, she just said, Katie, move and we'll put it on TikTok. I was like, "Okay, I don't know what to do, but we did it.
3: Yeah. Love it.
2: And my beer. Oh, my beer from Hagstravaganza. There was oh, so many amazing. I loved there was a number of Italian breweries that were really, really good. But then Siren had like a pancake maple. Quite stout. It was it sounded a bit sickly, but it actually tasted gorgeous it was delicious so there that was my uh, standout beer from that and then That's the rest of my cool. holiday yeah i'm just back from scandinavia which is very expensive oh, oh my god my credit card is i won't be going anywhere like <laughs> if i haven't paid for a ticket already i'm not going anywhere for the next year uh so <laughs> but it's beautiful 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 norway is such a beautiful country um mm-hmm.
3: There You go. I'm very jealous of your scandi trip.
2: Yeah, you're not Christina. jealous of my credit card statement. So i was just tell no, you. That. No, 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 <laughs> no,
3: Christina Friend. Tell us about your summer and tell us and, and your current status. Um, yeah, so I went to Fidelity with I think
0: everybody. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was what was so fun to kind of see everybody again. At a festival, it's been so long. So I really enjoyed kind of doing that. And then, other than that, I've been kind of having a low key summer, just kind of trying to recharge and regroup coming into, I'm not in school anymore, but for some reason, September just is back to school for me and my mindset. And I'm like, okay, it's back to school time. It's time to focus and get a lot of stuff done. And event, no matter what, it's always really busy in August and September anyway. So, Fidelity was a lot of fun. And yeah, so that was, that was a great time to kind of just see everybody again. And and that, yeah, that was, that was the only festival I went to this summer so far electric picnic. I'm going to in Tandy and I are going to, um, September 2nd, I think mm-hmm. to talk about, um, the history of brewing in Ireland and, and do a bit of a beer down there. So, uh, that will be fun. Um yeah looking forward to that as well
3: but uh yeah been a nice kind of chill summer so far Absolutely and um and and cheap is just myself i think it's been somewhere in the middle it's been super crazy but very local um i did i did head over to the uk at the beginning of summer to go see family and friends In fact, I did that twice somewhere. Somehow I did the UK twice Um, (laughs) and 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 stayed mostly local. I've been to Kilkenny recently, did some road trips around the Wicklow Mountains and, um, you know, all around locally, I've had some family staying over, but. Only yeah, two beer fests for me. So the first one was the Mullingar, the wild beer festival there, mm. and I caught up with Bean and Erica, so co-hosts from season two, and um, over there in Mullingar, which was really fun. And then yeah, Whiplash. Oh my goodness, I I genuinely would have died without my little handheld fan, <laughs> and uh, everybody who was behind me was was trying to get some of the the cool blowing air in it. But I think we all. Sweated out more beer than we drank that day, but it was so fun. I can't remember any of my favorite beers because, well, it was already very long ago, it feels like. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it was long ago. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been a good one. But anyway, oh, let me end off there with what I'm drinking. I know, Christina, you're not um, having anything today. And I've got a good old little special. So this is the pineapple and raspberry. Oh the blur is making my things crazy. It's it's just called Fruit Orchard Cider. It's pineapple and raspberry, refreshing zingy cider. I think it's meant to be the uh, the spin-off of like a Koppenberg or a you know one of those. Yeah. Um but of the ones that I've tried ciders in general, there's been really this one I really like because it's not too sweet but it's got that nice tart tanginess from the pineapple and the raspberry and I think that combination is just Magic just works, um, and then there is a, a cidery that I've had a few times called Stonewell, um, mm-hmm. but I, I I couldn't find them today. So anyway, we're we'll left to just pick some up. But have a look out for those if you are cider fans or if you're looking to explore some new ciders. Whereas this one, yeah, this one is just easy going, and at no more than two euros for the bottle, bargain. Now there was something that I noticed. I drink my cider with ice. Is this controversial?
2: Not Mm. really. Mm.
3: Yeah, I don't, I didn't, I didn't really drink
0: the cider until I moved to Ireland because I found a lot of US ciders, at least when I lived there, which was 11 years ago. So I'm sure things are very different now. And I'm sure that they were different in different places, but where I was, there wasn't a lot of selection uh, until I moved here. And then I tried cider here and I really liked it because I like really dry cider. So back in the day of the uh, Ladies Craft Beer Society of Ireland, we did a tour of Dan Kelly's cidery, and that was really fun to see how they made, well, made the cider and the history of the farm. And so I'm not drinking cider today, but I would recommend Dan Kelly's, an equally Scots Irish cider. They did a talk with us back again, back in the day. (laughs) pre-covid um and i really really like their cider as well and it was really interesting to hear sort of the because it's a family business and the story behind that and then of course to drink and try their cider so i really like dan kelly's and i and scott's irish cider they're two of my favorites if i was drinking today
2: (laughs) (laughs) but uh, to say from an irish perspective i think ice and cider is fine i think growing up uh, regular order, not for me. I was never really into cider growing up, but, but it would have been like a pint bottle of Bulmers and a glass with ice. And yeah, that's what people like. Bulmers was it's Magners in the UK, I believe that would have been mm. the, the main macro brand. It was made in Clonmel, I think.
3: I really don't like Bulmers. I don't know what it is about it. I'm it's not just...
2: a big Bulmers fan either. To mm-hmm. the, I don't know. I
3: th- just I never. much sulfur or something there's just something about it that i'm not not a fan of
2: yeah and another from my youth i think ritz was a a perry ritz was a a bottled thing that you drank when you were like 15. (laughs) so that you weren't supposed to be at because you snuck in with your sister's id or something like that but yeah it was (laughs) horrible it was so sweet and horrible (laughs) too sweet
3: yeah absolutely now, you know, we've we've thrown some terms around, you know, cider and peri and all these different yes. things, but I think it's maybe worth it now to just give a little bit of a definition to them. So for anybody that doesn't know, um, and I'm sure there's loads of people who don't really know, but a, a cider and a peri are both two types of fruit fermentations. So a cider is a alcoholic beverage that's made from apples um and peris are made from pears but they're effectively very similar it's just that their base fruit is different so basically if you like the flavor of apple more than pears probably try a cider if you like pears more than apples try a peri or try both because they're both really interesting and cool um you don't see as many peris as you do see ciders um i don't know if you few ladies have seen differently but um probably for every six siders i see one perry maybe and um, so they're not as common here
2: yeah i, I wouldn't have noticed very many perries at all mm, mm. i don't know
3: yeah and and then what what is kind of interesting now about both of these styles is that they're made similarly to wine, and obviously that's because of a fruit base. There, you know, There's a specific cider yeast that you'd use when you're making um, cider or, or peri, and it's very similar to, uh, to making wine with grapes. So you press the fruit, and then you treat it in a number of ways to make sure that it's going to be well-preserved, and so that you get the right acidity, the right level of tannins, which is almost that dryness that you could get from like tea bags and stuff, um, that that flavor. So you aim for the right level of acidity, the right sort of level of tannins, and then you go and ferment it. You ferment it for anything between five and 15 or 20 days. And that's the hard work done. Although apparently then now I've never made a cider, but apparently what makes commercial ciders really um tricky is because they're mostly blended. So similar to some wines and similar to Belgian Lambics and and wild style beers, because your crop is not going to be the same or taste the same every year, they rely on blended varieties or blending different um, vintages to give you something that is consistent and tasty. But you can also, I didn't know
2: that I have already learned something new
3: today we learned yeah so, <laughs> yeah so blending is sort of the, the 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 magic part of making a cider it's um the you know it's the most the, the skill is really in the blending and now a lot of people when they're making cider will depending on how alcoholic you want it you can add more sugar or you can add more water you know to dilute or to increase the sugar content but most ciders are between four and five and a half percent that's your typical Um, range so even though it's um made a lot like wine there's less sugar in um, apples and pears so you don't get the high alcohol content that that wine does and then it's almost drunk like a beer so typically in bars and pubs you'd get a pint of cider or a half pint um typically in a long almost what do you call those cool glasses
2: with straight sides like
3: it's kind of a straight but it's got a slight um Upturned um room. Can't uh, anyway. It's like a it's a flute. I think no, it's not a flute. Doesn't matter. Somebody else will tell us. But typically you'll find them in almost more slightly more delicate glassware than what you would find, let's say, a Guinness in. Um, I don't know how much that makes a difference to the flavor. I think all the um cideries decide what their glassware is, so you can get a brand of glass, but you typically and don't find it with ice at pubs. So I'm just uh, clearly a pleb. I also put ice in my wine. Don't come at me. So,
2: Look, you know what? Beer, cider, wine, whatever way you like it is the best way to enjoy it.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. You know? Honestly, life is too short. Drink and eat what you like. Mm, absolutely.
3: Yes. So there's a number of other ways that cider can be uh, made differently or, or, you know, that you can distinguish different ciders. You can barrel age them. You can add other fruits as well. So if your base is apple and you add, like in my case, pineapple and raspberry, it's still a cider. It's just got those additions. Um, And I guess you could be really, really creative with what you're doing. It's just about minding the acidity and the tannins and the sugar levels. And that balance is is key to making cider, as it is with beer. Although I think you can taste it a little easier um, in cider straight away even before it's um, fermented there you go yeah
2: and i was looking into all the different types of cider and i was like how the hell do i categorize them so (laughs) i suppose (laughs) yeah we can start with how they taste so you have dry ciders you have medium and then sweet i suppose so there's a, there's a range, you can get very dry ones, which Christina, you were saying that the ones in Ireland are a lot drier than the ones in the US that you were used to.
0: That they used to be, I'm sure that's not the case anymore, yeah. but the ones that I, but I didn't have really access to craft ones. So it was just the mainstream ones, which tend to be sweeter. So that's probably not a crafty thing. That's just a what was there. But that was again, years and years and years yeah. ago.
2: Yeah, and then you have, you can categorize your ciders based on your apples. So new world ciders are new apples and then heritage ciders are made from heritage apples.
3: There you go. What is is the difference between a heritage apple and a new apple? Is it just older varieties?
2: Yeah, I believe so. So you would not find heritage apples in your local supermarket today or your grocery Hmm. store they're not they're they're specifically grown for cider kind of so like this one they name the apple varieties so it's dabonet i think that's french and uh michelin apples so I know Dabonet is a French heritage one because I did a little bit of research before this episode. Very little amount of research, but a little. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you can like you can brew from you can brew make cider from like Fuji or Gala, and they would be New World or contemporary ciders, I suppose. Mm. And then you can kind of classify your ciders based on where they're made. So an English cider will use English apples, but if you make it, well, I suppose they're not categorized by where they're made, but they're categorized by the country where the apples originally grew. So you can make an English cider by using English apples and French ciders by using French apples. And I think England, France, Ireland, I think have a, have a bit of a history there with, with cider more so that I think than the, the U S and other yeah. parts of the yeah. world. Definitely.
3: What, what was interesting when I was looking up a little bit on this was, um, I mean, look, this is straight from Wikipedia, so, you know, once again, not sure (laughs) how accurate it is, but there was a broad distinction between French ciders being, or French style ciders being slightly sweeter, and English ciders being quite dry, Um, and that probably fits at least my own experience with trying English and Irish ciders being quite dry, whereas I've always preferred them slightly sweeter, Um, but... I think that you also get them in different carbonation levels. So, I mean, naturally they won't be carbonated, you know, just like beer isn't carbonated before you either bottle condition it or carbonated through forced carbonation in a keg. Same thing with cider. So you also get cider that is flat and that's the kind of cider that you'd probably also use for um, warm cider. Um, And then you've got medium or high carbonation or lower or medium, whichever the other two categories are. But there are three categories of carbonation and one of them is actually uncarbonated. And that's kind of cool.
2: It's just like an alcoholic apple juice with no mm-hmm. fizz, right?
3: Yep, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. And
2: exactly then is. if you want to increase the sugar content, you can freeze your apples beforehand and make ice cider. So they're, um, they're stronger because you've kind of freezing it apparently concentrates the sugars um, and you also get apple wine which is I think German Apfelwein, which mm. is oh I can't remember it's a little bit stronger as well in sugar I don't know if they add extra sugar or if they do something I can't remember I, think, oh. they do. I yeah. think they do yeah yeah yeah
3: just to bump it up
2: yeah you can add whatever you want, like Tandy was saying. Um, actually, I was in the the O'Briens in Lucan today, and I was looking, and they actually had it was Legacy cider. It's an Irish, uh, craft cider, but they had a mulled cider, so it's like you heat this up. So mulled yes. cider, you would kind of maybe add cinnamon to that. That would be a good flavor that would that would be added to a cider. Whereas if you want it more refreshing for the summer, like Tandy is having, you would add raspberry and pineapple or it's funny
0: It's funny to me because growing up in the States, cider is non-alcoholic and hard cider is alcoholic. So we have apple juice and apple cider and then hard cider. So there are three different things. And so cider, which is non-alcoholic when I was growing up, Would then be mulled. Like you'd go apple picking in the fall, or you'd, you know, your typical fall activities and you'd get mulled cider, which you could have hot or cold. And then my favorite was apple cider donuts, which are just delicious. And I cannot wait to make them um, this fall. But yeah, so I really like non alcoholic um, mulled cider as well as alcoholic mulled cider. Both are really nice. But as a kid, non-alcoholic mulled cider.
2: <laughs> so how does non-alcoholic cider different from apple juice?
0: It's cloudy. It, I don't think it's filtered. So when, honestly, this is with no evidence whatsoever, completely Christina's anecdata. And I'm sure someone will tell me that I'm totally wrong or right. I have done no research into this. I don't know. This is purely on taste. So for me, when I go to the shops here and drink apple juice, it tastes like apple cider does at home, like very similar to it. So apple cider in the US is a bit darker. It's almost like a tawny brownish color, uh, at least where I was growing up. Now, again, this was back in the eighties and nineties. So things might be very different and I'm sure it's different in different places, but I remember apple cider when I was growing up being like a tawny color. cloudy and really like just better whereas apple juice was sweeter like really sweet um clear the same kind of tawny color but like clear and lighter um and I just always remember getting apple cider just really only in fall Mm -hmm. but again that was forever ago Um, whereas here, so when I make apple cider donuts or muffins or whatever here, I just grab apple juice, cloudy apple, whatever from the shop. And it does the same job. So it might just be some kinds of American apple juice might just be different.
2: No, I know you can get like pressed apple juice here, um, where they don't remove whatever little bits of the pulp or whatever are, are left behind i do have a an apple juice connoisseur in the next room uh he does like his uh apple juice when we travel around ireland actually you can you can pick up different types of um the clear one the filtered clear one or the cloudy one with with a little bit of the sediment and things like that in it. yeah but christina when you are making those donuts you have to let me know and i'm going to be there
0: Oh, totally. Yes, okay. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to do like a Halloween thing, and I'll make apple cider donuts and some other fall sort of things that I like to make. Um, but yeah, so I I don't know. I'm sure that someone knows that there's probably very strong like clear differences between apple juice and apple cider and hard apple cider in the U.S. Um, but yeah, I just remember getting it cloudy and fresh. It was pressed, so basically just like cloudy apple juice. Um, okay. but it's
2: delicious
0: and uh, yeah and it's just so nice I can get that here in the shops all the time it's one of my favorite things <laughs> mm.
2: and I'm going to say something very controversial and say that I think I would prefer apple donuts to pumpkin
1: donut. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer
2: donuts me too and spice donuts
0: oh in fairness they're delicious so I think what I'm gonna have to do is make both for you all I'll make pumpkin cake and apple cider donuts and um sorry unfortunately listeners I can't mail these out to each and every one of you but um (laughs) I will post the recipes that I use if (gasps) anyone
2: yes and we have to have a taste off yes (laughs) see which cake wins oh <laughs> yes my vote's Didn't already for the apple but that's well you know what i will go into it with an open mind
3: they're both delicious in their own way <laughs> well this sounds bloody divine i need all of these things in my life but but you you raised a good thing because i don't understand the difference between apple juice and cider and well hard cider and and what we know is cider for me that sounds like the same thing um So I don't know, maybe cider is just apple juice or maybe it's just pressed. Maybe it's the pressed and cloudy. That's what they call it in the US. Maybe it's that. Again,
0: I'm sure somebody knows and they're going to tell us Mm -hmm. and I would really appreciate that because I have no idea. (laughs) I just know what I like to drink.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
0: Oh, and speaking of... Mm. I'm supposed to talk about um, the history of cider, speaking of apple varieties and varieties of drinking before I lose the run of myself and completely forget. Um, I am not a cider historian. So I have found some articles on JSTOR, which is a scholarly journal sort of search engine. So I will cite people who hopefully know a lot more than I know <laughs> about this speaking of sort of the difference between um, cider in regions and the different kinds of apples that Katie brought up, I found a really interesting paper called A Mouthful of Diversity, Knowledge of Cider Apple Cultivars in the United Kingdom and Northwest United States, which is a mouthful. But anyway, it's really interesting because they interview all of these people who make cider and they talk about sort of the varieties of apples and what they're knowledgeable about and how they come across this knowledge and sort of the diversity of cider making and and that and i really highly recommend um kind of looking through this paper which i will link down below Um, so yeah it was really interesting um figuring out what people know about cider apples (laughs) So from this, they did talk a little bit about sort of the history of apples and cider making, which is kind of what I pulled the paper for. Um, And with this, they traced it back to potentially um, the Epic of Gilgamesh. They talked about how fruit fermented beverages were sort of mentioned there. So there might be a link there, Um, but I have seen other people argue in different places. They do talk about that um, cider making and cider fermented fruit was widespread in Central and Southern Asia and that this probably migrated along with humans um, across Europe. So I thought that was really interesting. And then I found an article on the Washington State University website. And again, I'm gonna link this. And they found a recorded reference to cider Um, Dating to the Roman times 55 BCE. Um, And Julius Caesar found Celtic Britons fermenting cider from native crab apples, is what they said. And then it went on to the Normans and things like that. But we're in Ireland. So I thought perhaps the most important thing would be let's talk a little bit about cider in Ireland. Um, I'm sure that there are experts on this, and I would love to hear from them and I would love to get more information because. I found a bit, but not as much as I would like. I would really be interested in kind of digging into this kind of stuff. So I know that apples have been mentioned when I was studying or working on my Irish beer history book. I've come across apples just being mentioned. Um, in the Tyne, for example, they talk about apples. But it, you know, I did find. One reference, this is on Wikipedia, but it was also mentioned in other sources. They talk about the first definite mention of cider is in an Irish 12th century document from Ulster dating to 1155. Um, a chieftain's praise for the quality of his cider, but they don't tell me what document it is. So I can't see it. And I would love if someone has this reference to send it to me because this is kind of vague. And I would really like to know what text um so I can actually you know see it myself because I'm really I'm really interested so I would like to to kind of dig around myself a bit so on the other hand um Susan Lyons did a really interesting study on urban sites in medieval Ireland and she absolutely found apples um she found Fruits are really easy to find, she said, because their seeds remain. So she found evidence um, of apples on Fishamble and Wine Tavern Streets, um, including cherries, sloes, rose, rowan, blackberry, bilberry, haws, and apples are all commonly recorded in seed form, Um, quote, quote, is what she found, which I think is really interesting, particularly if they're on Wine Tavern Street, which is of course a tavern street, which had beer, Uh, or I should say ale in this period and also wine. So perhaps there was cider being made or sold there as well. This is pure speculation and conjecture. I have Mm. nothing to support that besides this. But I thought that was really very interesting in terms of of archaeological evidence. Now, moving forward in time, we start to see more and more evidence um, of cider. So a man named Richard Pococky, Pocock, toward (laughs) Ireland, P-O-C-O-C-K-E, toward Ireland in 1752. And he found quite a few places that were making cider. So he tells us that he came across this really old castle um, called Palace with a village near it of the same name. And I'm quoting him now. To the southwest of which Mr. Burry has begun a new town called Newmarket and is endeavoring to establish a market there. Well, I think the clue is perhaps in the name. Um, and then he tells us, I soon came to Shannon Grove where Mr. Berry has made fine plantations and enclosures. The first thing that offers is a fine orchard with a cider house built in elegant taste. So I thought that was interesting. And then he goes on to tell us that he was somewhere else wandering about, and um, And he also found another place that was known for their cider. So at New Alphane is a quarry of black and white marble and a little below it at Toreen, Mr. Nettles is a marble of many colors, mostly brown, white, and blue. This place is also famous for cider. There you go. The plantation of apples having been made in these parts by the tenants of the Earl of Cork. So...
2: That's interesting. I'd say say the Shannon Grove references to around the Shannon. I think palace, I know there's a few palaces around Limerick. So I'd say that's roughly geographically where that is. Yeah,
0: he's definitely commanding a view of the Shannon, a fine country on the other side between the Great Bay of the North and Limerick. So that's definitely what he's talking about. And then the second place, I guess, is probably around Cork.
1: Yeah, it's Earl
0: of Cork. Um, and I'm sure awesome. that there, I'm sure he probably names it specifically, um, but I just pulled the sections with the cider references. So I thought that was really interesting that, you know, he's touring around and he actually is calling out these places in Ireland that that are known for for cider. And this is, as I said, 1752 that he's he's doing this tour or he's talking, writing about mm. the tour. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, no, it says here. Uh, County Waterford is where the second place was. a fame? Ah, okay. County Waterford.
3: Hmm. So That's yeah, I really thought cool. that was pretty cool. <laughs> I I still would love to know which came first. You know, wine, beer, or now is cider a uh, is cider a contender? Who knows? Yeah, because it it's like everything that I've read is that
0: the origins itself are really murky. Um, no one knows exactly when and, and by who, but uh. Yeah I mean humans have been fermenting alcoholic beverages for millennia so I do kind Mm -hmm. of wonder what came first or perhaps they all came in their own time in different places and then the knowledge sort of spread. Because
2: like apples would be quite indigenous to Ireland whereas hops would not be so yeah depending on what you had around you would probably determine what came first in that area.
0: Yeah and I mean they made ale here without hops for, for years and years and years and so the the inclusion of like herbs and hops and stuff. um, Yeah, it's an interesting phenomenon. You don't have to have, you know, you have lots of ales that are not hopped or, you know, did they use herbs? When did they use herbs? How did they use herbs? I mean, historians love to argue about this. We're still arguing about it. We'll probably still be arguing about it for, you know, years and years to come, but I think it's really
3: interesting, you know. That is interesting, goodness. Well, what we then just know, and it's the same with beer or ale anyway, we've had these beverages for hundreds of years, if not many, 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 many thousands of years. We just don't know exactly when. So as usual, lots of questions <laughs> about, about the origins of of such beverages. But it's good to know that, I mean, England and Ireland are quite well known for apples and ciders. So we're definitely in the right country yeah. for this kind of thing. Hmm.
0: I read something recently that was when I was making my sculpting recipe, which was the whiskey beer thing from Lochiel. Um, the second source I found for that was this novel that was written by a, a woman in the 19th century, I believe. 19th century, I think, off the top of my head. Oh, boy. Please tell me if I'm wrong on that. I'll know when I look up my uh, article after this. But anyway, she talks, I believe it's in this, she talks about how it's the family the family likes to read all these old stories and old novels and how she described it so eloquently as as this was their way to commune with the dead, to like commune with 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 the past and I sometimes view like drinking beer or cider or ale something that's been around so long is also sort of this way to commune with the dead with the past it's some this kind of Not universal because not everybody does it, but it is something that transcends historical periods and classes and groups. It's something that we can kind of, or many of us might do. So it's something that I enjoy to commune with, you know my historical people when I'm writing about the book it's like oh yes I, I you know I also I also do this I also enjoy a beer after work or I also enjoy you know having a beer with some friends and so I think it's it's kind of or, or cider as the case may be a nice cider on a hot day I really can't beat that so I think there's something when we're talking about the origins of something so old I just think it's kind of cool to still have access to something that you can just pick up on the shelf and be able to sort of think about how long this has existed and be part of, of the story.
2: Yeah. Mm. Actually, when I was in, on my holidays in Stockholm, I was on one of the menus in the bar on tap was a cloudberry braggart. And that reminded me of the braggart that you uh, made. So uh, obviously I had to have that, Um, but it was nice. It was okay. It was a Viking themed tourist bar. But it was still nice to have something that that's not really mainstream that would have been imbibed by people of of that of that age or era, mm-hmm. you know, so.
3: Do you think uh, Braggart's going to be the new cool style for the homebrews to revive? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why not?
3: I, yeah, I just like
0: I I'm interested in both historically you know, historical recipes and also sort of the modern interpretation, which is that mead and ale hybrid. I think both are really cool. Um, and I'd like to see more, you know, I think it's really, it's a fun drink. I had fun making them sort of medieval style of it. Um, I like to try sort of modern interpretations as well. I think it's just fun. It's really cool. I think, you know, experimenting with our beverages is, is just a good time. I think it's really cool.
2: Yeah. And I actually you can get a black cider is what it's called, which is a cider with hops and barley, which is really oh. a cider slash beer mix. I've never Ooh, tried hybrid. one of these. Yeah, it is a hybrid or you can get hopped cider as well.
3: Really? That's
2: yeah. interesting. I now, didn't know that. I didn't. Well, well, there you go. Now I've taught you something new, Tandy. Yes. For, for a change. <laughs>
3: that's really cool I wonder if anybody is making any of these and whether we couldn't find one to taste because that must be that must be very interesting Mm -hmm. I want to try that now
0: (laughs) yeah surely someone has made one or
3: I'm sure we can find something although you know I am having a bit of a hazy flashback to whiplash and I'm pretty sure that there was somebody there with some kind of beer cider hybrid I'm not sure I tried it but I'm, I'm just having a we're gonna yeah. say Maybe I'm the- having a fever dream.
2: It was the heat went to our heads. Oh it, gosh. it was the heat. It was so hot.
3: <laughs> it really was.
2: But what can you but- do? We live in Ireland, you know, we don't expect that kind of weather. We well, can't plan it's, for that.
0: It's so funny. I mean, like, I'm from somewhere that's really, really hot, but I've I've grown accustomed to the weather here, and now it's like, oh my gosh, it's so hot, I can't cope. And my friends back home were like, what are you talking about? It's like, that's nothing. Like, it's so hot.
3: Same same. All all of the above. Yep. Um yeah, my friend my friends in South Africa just mocked me. They're like, what do you mean it's 25 degrees and you're complaining? That's, you know, that's winter <laughs> weather for us. I'm like, well, stop it. It's boiling. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm sweating to death.
2: <laughs> How long does it take you to become acclimatized? It took me a
0: couple of years. So when I first moved here, I spent the summers freezing. Like I was, I was in like sweatshirts, hoodies, jackets all the time. But that said, it's a different kind of heat here. It's a hot, it's like hotter, it's hotter here. And it's colder in the winter. It's very bizarre. I, you know, I've explained this to my family. It's not as anywhere near as cold as anywhere I lived in the U.S. during the winter it is, but we had dry winters. So here the cold like seeps into your bones almost. You can't kind of shake it unless you're like get in the shower or get a heated blanket or that kind of a thing. And I think it's also the same in the summer where it just it's because it's so humid you can't, you kind of feel like you're wearing a wet, hot blanket in the summer. And also like the house, my house is really old. So it's designed to keep the heat in. So when it's hot, it's hotter in my house than it is outside. Um, Yeah. I think that kind of factors into it. For some reason, it feels hotter, even though it's not as hot temperature wise. And I think it's also- ac like i'm used to oh when you're inside the ac is blasting so you can just cool down really easily and here it's just we just have a fan
2: (laughs) yeah i know i actually there was an article in either the new york times or the washington post that i read about why europe is like um so because the, the the heat wave this summer in Europe wasn't that intense, I suppose, by some of the US standards, we'll say in like Texas and Arizona, but they were like why it hits differently. And it was like, you know, 28 degrees in Ireland is like, you know, 115 degrees in the US kind of because we're our infrastructure isn't built for it. And the humidity is so it's just you're so sweaty and horrible you know
3: what was. What was really interesting, sorry to cut across you, when I was in the UK for one of the times, and I think it was um, early July, um, there were heat warnings at this stage already. And at at on my last day there, a couple of trains were cancelled in and around London because the, ra- the the railways were too hot. And with all the, I guess, the friction of... Getting trains onto railways, you just can't do it. They had to be like cooled down, stopped, and and um, everything was had to be measured out really carefully to make sure that there wasn't going to be, you know, too much pressure put on just the railways. Now, in a country that like England, which really does run on its railways, that is a huge disruption. So let alone sweating because you're just uncomfortable mm-hmm. and not having aircon, if you just can't even get home. You know, you can't get anywhere and you're stuck in bus stops and train stations.
2: And some of the some of the airport land, like the the runways started to melt. Mm. We're just not built for this weather. It's like, oh, my God. But yeah, I totally agree about the cold as well. I think it's the wind and the rain. Mm -hmm. The wind is just it just pushes the coldness into your bones. I remember. Mm -hmm getting uh, a plane from Berlin home one Christmas and it was minus 16 in Berlin and yeah it was cold it was snowing Uh, it was cold I got to Shannon and it was like seven degrees and oh my god I just felt like I was shivering and for the wind and the rain and the moisture it was just like ah, absolutely horrible it felt colder to me the human Mm -hmm. even though the physical temperature wasn't colder anyway that's my story. Back to cider.
3: Back to <laughs> back to summer summary goodness. Yeah. Cider in hand. Oh, yeah. I actually only wanted to add one more thing, unless anybody's got more, but there are actually BJCP style guidelines for cider. So if anybody's interested in knowing, there are um two kind of main categories and one is a standard cider or peri and the other one is a speciality cider or peri so your specialities are going to deal with things like whether it's been barrel aged or mixed with any other fruit or had herbs or spices added to it so it's basically a wild card you know um, category for ciders but within the standard ciders we've got new world cider which you mentioned katie english cider french cider new world perry traditional peri. And I don't know hugely the differences between them, but as I understand, English will be drier, and mostly very clear. Um, let's look at New World. New World also mostly clear, um, and, and I think it does depend on the apple varieties used. So cider apples can include, it's a whole sort of category of apples as opposed to eating apples and cooking apples. I think that's the main distinction of apples is cider eating and cooking i think um but yes so all these different styles of apples and i guess it comes down to blending and cultivars and years and vintages and all the things that i don't know a huge amount about but it's fun i like to drink cider do you guys like cider and how often
2: cider wouldn't be my go-to drink at all to be honest but um i'm actually i've really enjoyed this I don't know. Mm. Maybe I'm still in my holiday spirit. Um, I don't know. I'm just a beer. I'm more into beer. It's, I don't know. It's nice. It's really nice.
3: Mm.
0: I have a tendency to forget that cider is an option. I, I, I just, it, for, it slips my mind. Like I just am like, okay, what's what kind of beer? What's local? And then I forget that, oh yes, here's cider. And then when I drink cider, I'm always very happy to drink it. If I get a nice dry cider or a medium cider, I'm usually very, very happy Christina. But I have a tendency <laughs> to forget that it's an option. Um, and maybe this episode will help remind me you know, when I'm at the shop the next time to, to pick up some cider because I do really like it, especially when it's hot out on a hot day, a nice cider, it's chef's kiss, glorious. So mm. I just think I need to remember that cider is also an option.
3: Yes, huh. I hear you. I feel like I, d- I don't always prioritize ciders um, as well, but funny enough, I will sometimes buy one or two ciders because I know I can drink them with ice while the rest of my beers cool down. So they're like my, (laughs) it's my transition drink.
2: That's a strategic buy, isn't it? Smart. If ever there was one, you are smart.
3: (laughs) What would be smart was just actually not having to, you know, go to the shops every damn day. Not every day, but for something that sits on a warm shelf and actually stocking things at home. So buying them more in bulk, but, you know, if it's there, I'm going to drink it. So I have to regulate that. So, anyway, yes, cider is sometimes good for that for me.
2: Very good. Four and two. can I ask? I don't know if you looked into this or not, Tandy. Is like they're just one main c- cider yeast or are there different cider yeasts? Like you have different.
3: I'd yeast. imagine that there are different ones because they'll have to have different attenuations. Because um, I don't think the dryness just comes from um, the variety of apple, I think it comes from the yeast as well. So oh, okay. I I would assume, but I didn't look too much into it. That being said, I have found a few links on how to make cider and can find some recipes or some links to recipes. We'll add those into the show notes. So if anybody wants to make cider, at least start with one of these and links and see how you get on. And maybe Um, I'll make cider at some stage. That would be nice. Mm.
0: Sorry, I just remembered that I think Kenegar actually made a cider beer hybrid, maybe with Dan Kelly's. I might've made that up, but I feel like they might have made one back in the day. I don't know if it's still available, um, but I think they did,
2: which was yeah, hmm. interesting. That'd be cool to try, just to try for science, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: I think it's yeah or maybe it was a sour it was some kind of yes they did they made one sorry I'm looking this up they made an apple sour with juice from Dan Kelly's I think yes that's so cool
3: good memory I don't remember
0: what it's called I just (laughs) found it I'm sure it's on the thing but yeah I, I do remember that and I just saw that they did make one but I didn't see the name um but yeah So I'm sure that they're not the only ones. I'm sure there's other ones. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think that's, that was, I don't remember what it tastes like. I'm sure it was cool. So
3: yeah, more of those. (laughs) More of those. And and I do believe it's now, you know, it's at this time of year where you'd get a lot of apple picking happening and your ciders will start coming in. Well, you know, people who do make homemade cider tend to start doing it around this time with all the harvests. So if anybody wants to make a cider, could I come and, and
2: watch? I also discovered in my thing, in my research thing, um, <laughs> that scrumpy, so scrumpy jack would have been a known brand of cider, but a scrumpy cider is basically a cider made with apples that you picked off the ground.
3: Oh, there you specific, go. Specifically off the ground, so not from a yeah. tree. Well,
2: can't, they obviously can't. fell from a tree. At yes, one yes, stage, yes. But like, yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, oh, that's interesting little tidbit
3: that is very cool
2: unless the website was wrong so anyway
3: yeah could be
2: i'm gonna go with it anyway you know
3: (laughs) you know why why let the truth get in the way of a good story right (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) the historian is 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 shaking her head vehemently at us (laughs) uh we do (laughs) that was a joke (laughs) anyway friends let's wrap up on cider um we're we're all you know every now and then enjoying one. Maybe we'll enjoy one or two more. Um, and tell us what you all at home think of cider. Tell us whether you love them, whether you ignore them, whether you forget about them, um, or whether you brew your own or make your own. We'd love to hear it. And a very final reminder of our socials. We're at Beer Ladies Pod just about everywhere, and on our um, Twitter and Instagram profiles, we have a link tree now. So if you wanted to go buy some merch or buy some coffee slash beer um the links are all there and you can also watch us on youtube if you wanted to see our our faces while we talk about things and otherwise welcome back to season three everybody we will see you next week goodbye Ah! friends and bye